Welcome to RDO Podcast. You have officially joined the resistance. In this episode, I have a very special guest, Dr. Marwin Banderi, founder and host of the amazing podcast, Back to Being. And he's also a doctor of chiropractic. In this episode, we cover a ton of stuff, to be honest, and really, I, I think I'll just let you find out for yourself. I don't want to spoil the good stuff. <laughs> so I'll have some clips, um, you know, from the episode posted up on YouTube. I also have a link to Marwin's podcast, uh, as well as any other resources from this episode in the description below. Um, if you like this, don't forget to follow, subscribe, you know the deal. So I don't typically do an intro like this, but I did have some technical difficulties um, in terms of recording in like the first minute or so. So I've kind of had to, you know, just make this to, well, to have an intro. So in this case, we lead in um, with what I just told you about Dr. Benderi, and then I kind of turn it over to him and let him speak a bit about how he got started with the podcast and how he really went on this journey of enlightenment personally, um, everything from his chosen profession to where he is, what he's doing in life. So that's that. Without any further ado, I'm going to let you jump right into the episode and get started. So here we go. The new journey and we'll go from there yeah so i i call myself you know first and foremost a human being uh you know we're all just a speck of light and this magnificent experience of life so who am i i mean nothing really and no but at the same time we're all something right we all have something unique to offer to this world in our own unique ways and that's what makes life wonderful uh, i got into chiropractic seven years ago it was when I started a meditation program beginning of 2013. Before that, I wasn't, we were all spiritual. We just don't know we're spiritual, but I wasn't really into spirituality. Growing up, I saw my parents fighting with religion and family conflicts. So I never really got into any of that. So I didn't really have, a, I guess, I didn't really, you know, I guess I was searching for, yearning for something greater because before that, after the 08, 09, 010, around that time, I graduated from college um, and, you know, things weren't the best and it wasn't, some people will blame it on the economic situation of the time or, you know, whatnot you with the housing market crash, but really it was my, it was me. Uh, my perspective of the world was very dark and that reflected in the outcomes of my life and the choices I made. And I wasn't really getting anywhere with my career relationships, etc. cetera. Uh, so, but, so what happened was uh, I started this meditation program a couple of months later, I, ended up finding chiropractic or a lot of people in chiropractic will say chiropractic found me. It was just the right time at the right place. Uh, and the reason was is because the school I went to, Life University, they had a reflection pool and a sign that said vitalism. And vitalism is, that, is the uh, notion that everything in the universe is self-healing, self-maintaining, self-organizing and self-conscious. And I, 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 it was just like, it's just a light bulb went off in my head. Like I felt a vibration within me as soon as I set foot in front of that. I just knew I had to do this. I didn't even, I didn't even know what a chiropractor did, to be honest. But it was the idea. I knew the idea was going to be big. And I realized, and, and it was funny at the moment. I, sh I always share this with everyone is that 
uh, in that moment, I thought to myself, there's a profession with this philosophy and you don't have to be a monk. Hell yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But then I realized, uh, you know, there's a plethora of people and a plethora of, I mean, different paths to go down. They're not necessarily professions, but there are many paths. There are professions too, but many paths that people can go down with a similar philosophy and a certain, but a different application to that philosophy. And that's what makes life wonderful. And that kind of ties into what my podcast originally was about, was trying to bring people with this philosophy, this holistic, vitalistic philosophy, just uh, to come together to show people that it's not just it's not just me and my peers that are crazy and chiropractic, but actually there's a whole spectrum of people all over the world and all different walks of life, all different backgrounds who are tuning into this great power within and we're just applying it differently. Maybe you're a, uh, a French bakery and you have the most exquisite cooking i mean the croissants but the way you can make them it's just a different energy and vibration you're using to it you know you're conscious about how you're cooking it, the ingredients you're using and you're just creating a, a whole different experience and so it doesn't have to be just in health or spirituality it's because everyone's spiritual they just don't know it everyone's serving at some level they just don't they think that you, it's like some people think spirituality is just being in a yoga pose all day long or sitting in silence for two or five hours if you're serving people you're spiritual so, I mean, who isn't doing that? And yeah. no one's insig no one's insignificant. We're all doing something. So that's a little bit about me. And then, and now, and then, obviously, with the events of this year, a podcast turned into not only you know, the originally it was to bring people in early thirties starting their own business, a holistic practice, because that's what I that's what I'm doing right now. So I thought I'm going to help myself by talking to people, and other people get help too. Uh, but then it, it turned into you know. It's the nature of life is when you put things into motion, it builds momentum. So by doing things that magic things have magical things happen. And my interviews, you know, I've interviewed a whole range of people. I the themes are pretty much the same, but it's really applicable to anyone uh, because the, the topics and are really universal in nature. Yeah, I feel that. And I, I see that when you speak and, you know, I've had a chance to check out a few interviews so far, but there is something there that that's happening when two people are engaging in conversation or whether you're treating someone in chiropractic. It's not just what we think of in terms of business where there's a, a monetary exchange. It's actually there's an energetic exchange. There's a, an exchange of karma and intention that I think is that spiritual aspect that you're talking about and I, I really think that's what makes the world go round at the end of the day yeah absolutely and as you mentioned that the sun just came out a little bit here so you must be saying something right <laughs> <laughs> we'll see we'll see if i can keep my lighting right as well because this window it does the same thing it gets super bright i look like a ghost and then it gets you know dims down so no, you're hopefully fine. you're fine no worries about that <laughs> but what you're saying is absolutely true and this is, you know, I, I, I was very lucky to have great mentors. I still have great mentors. And, you know, they taught me early on the philosophy that is not just of chiropractic, but it's philosophy of life. It's, it's a, one of my mentors also said, you know, the doctor of chiropractic means teacher of the philosophy of life. And you don't need to be a doctor of chiropractic to be a teacher of philosophy of life. It's just life experience, right? And it, it, what, what, it, what it means is, and one of the principles of healing that for me is so profound. It's when, when two become one, the unison 
of the subconscious like if i'm able to dive into someone's subconscious healing can happen and i don't heal someone i'm a facilitator of healing i hold space and, and my job is to empower the person to elicit a healing within them and they are the ones that heal. like the greatest doctor is always within no doctor on the earth can heal anybody only you can heal yourself what doctors do if they're grid doctors in any profession is that they create that energy that vibration and they use tools they use different whatever they do everyone's got different methods to their madness but if they have that vibration if they help you create the contract with yourself it's not so much a contract with the practice or the doctor that i think is important it's a contract with the self then healing can occur but if you don't if you are not allowing us if you don't make that decision with yourself that you want to make a profound change that you want to become whole you want to not just be a part of the sums but the whole sum itself then it won't occur but if you do make that commitment you would not only will you heal but you will transform you will transcend and you will allow whatever's inside of your soul inside of your consciousness to come to life and so this is what excites me on a daily basis with people i serve is to see them light up literally um you know when i adjust someone i think about lighting them up all the time and i'm not talking about a joint you know i'm talking about <laughs> when the mind body and soul is connected and you know, people it's, it's you know people say oh that i felt that down to my toes or they sometimes people will laugh or they'll cry and it's just because they haven't felt that uh that connection in such a long time and it's just it's just a, it's just a it's just a gentle all i'm doing is giving them a gentle reminder but they themselves are reminding themselves of how magnificent they are and that's where this is something that uh, if someone masters how to do I mean, it doesn't matter the title. You can you can create a healing energy and vibration anywhere in the world. That's that's really interesting that you mentioned that because, like I, I mentioned to you and and uh, you know side conversation that I had pretty not severe but moderate scoliosis like all my life, and then I finally found chiropractic um, through family and friends. And, you know, at first, I didn't notice a huge deal. It took a few adjustments before I actually got aligned properly. But when I did, I mean, it was just incredible how much relief and it, it was more than a physical relief, like it was mind and body and spirit, you know, there's some connectivity there. And even just allowing that spinal fluid to flow and, and yep. for things to just be how they should be for the first time I, there's no words for it i mean it really was a very liberating experience so um since then i fully corrected it and it's just wow i think more people yeah my spine is totally straight now and i just think um more people need to know about that like it could be your shoulder it could be your knee it could be your hip your back whatever but there's a physical element that transcends into the other layers of your being. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, I'm curious to see because oftentimes the holistic approach, I, I see that um, more popular amongst chiropractors and, you know, with medical doctors, I don't know if it's the, you know, the background tied to pharmaceuticals and medicine, medication. What do you think it is that 
that triggers that uh, interest from a from a doctor's perspective and the holistic approach? Does it just depend on the person or does it have something to do with their field of medicine? Well, chiropractic, you know, originally was not part, it's still not part of medicine. It's a distinct, separate profession. But, you know, I do, I do work with all different types of practitioners. And I didn't realize when I started on this journey that there are holistic minded, well, there are holistic minded people in dentistry, in medicine. I mean, you got homeopaths, naturopaths, physios, acupuncturists. And, you know, and chiropractic, the reason why so many chiropractors are holistic is because that's how we started. It was always a profession to, uh, you know, that was based on natural healing. Uh, you know, and BJ Palmer, he was a developer of chiropractic, said nature needs, no interfe- nature needs no help, just no interference. So, and so it was always, and, you know, the, the D.D. Palmer, who was the man credited with fa- founding chiropractic in 1895, he was a, magnetic healer, a spiritual healer of sorts. And he apparently channeled this uh, teaching from an uh, orthopedist at that time, A.T. Stills, because orthopedics, it was at least at that time in America, was very similar to chiropractic, holistic profession. And you'll see this in like France, in some places in Europe, where it's still very holistic and vitalistic. But in America, it's got consumed by medicine. So it's lost its identity. But not, But then... Uh, so, you know, chiropractic has always been natural without drugs, without surgery. It's, it's really just about getting that life force in the body to flow all through the brain and nervous system out to every cell tissue and organ in the body to create that vitality, to create the optimal function, to maximize the potential within. That's what chiropractic has always been about in its truest form. And now, unfortunately, some people have shifted away from that. But I don't see I see the biggest transformation in people who practice with this with this philosophy. So it's a, the original philosophy was always there. And, and it's not chiropractic wasn't the first one to come up with this. I mean, there are many arts, ancient arts into the, if you go into the East in ancient Greece, you see, you see, uh, you know, uh, you see paintings of these things or even hieroglyphics in Egypt, you see people putting hands on backs. I mean, in India, you have all kinds of weird techniques that look like chiropractic. I don't even know what they're called. You've probably yeah. seen some funny YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, like the I mean, street, the- <laughs> uh, the street massages. They got their cups and like they have yeah. their whole process. It's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, wherever you're in the world, I'd probably go to someone that has good references. I wouldn't just go to some random person. Yeah, you know, you, it's it's very important to make sure someone knows what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, you don't want the, <laughs> you don't want somebody just cracking your neck and no. No. <laughs> trying to get noises. Yeah, yeah. no. And even like if you look at Pilates, yoga and Pilates, what's their philosophy? It's about making sure the spine is in alignment. It's flexible. It's able to move in its natural ranges of motion to allow the energy to flow. Like in, in yoga, a lot of people will talk about the Kundalini, the energy that rises from the bottom of the sacrum to this, to this head inside of our spine. You know, I mean, we have CSF fluid, cerebral spinal fluid, like your sacrum, right? Which is at the bottom of your spine, like a pump. And if that's, if you're not, if you don't have proper motion, then you, you won't be able to clean the nutrients through your spinal cord, your brain. I mean, you won't be able to clean the waste and you won't be able to get the right nutrients there. So this philosophy is not new. It just chiropractic packaged it. And then the second part of your question is about why uh, perhaps doctors of medicine or other doctors seem to have a more allopathic approach like drugs, surgery, not as holistic. And, you know, I'm, I, I can only speak from, you know, I, I have friends that are in the profession. They're wonderful people. I mean, I don't think 
most people in any profession are bad people all they all they all are good people and you know i can only speak on from what i've seen and what i've experienced myself uh you would have to ask them for more direct response but from my opinion it goes to their training i mean i've studied some of the same physiology textbooks that they've studied and their application to the human condition uh disease in the body lack of ease because the reason i say disease it's because when we have a plethora of names like you have a million i mean you just keep adding more diagnoses and diagnoses diagnoses and it's important to know what's going on with the patient absolutely i think it's important but ultimately what is causing that is there's an imb- there's an imbalance in the system there's a disconnection something's not functioning properly what's the root cause of that uh, and and so that's what like holistic is in the word right Holi- holism like you have to look at the whole person like you don't just look at okay they have foot pain then let's just go to the foot doctor no we're going to make sure the whole not only is the i mean from my perspective not only is the whole spine is in alignment the brain and nervous system is in alignment but then beyond that which is not chiropractic but it is part of life and it is part of healing and health and living a good life is your lifestyle and are you moving are you uh, exercising the yoga meditation breath work what do you what are you eating are you eating toxic food like gmos like pesticides or are you eating literally plastic like all this fake food or are you eating like real food uh you know or what how are you thinking you know what's your have you been taught how to manage relationships how to manage yourself you know we have some of the best schools in the world uh, i mean universities but not with one thing we never are taught is how to manage ourselves uh so this is a this is a this is a this is you can say it's a mistake uh, but i don't think it is to be honest i th- i think how can it be a mistake i mean you're telling me over thousands of years of evolution humanity that we didn't realize that we had to teach children how to manage themselves <laughs> what to eat come on man it can't be but like yeah. to just finish answering as i got on a little tangent here but that's just to finish answering your good. question about <laughs> about why my my why you know why some people are more allopathic or what we call mechanistic in their approach i think it's just their training you know they're not bad people it's just the training the way they're taught they're taught in the schools uh you know who writes the medical textbooks i mean who, who funds them follow the money you know it goes to the pharmaceutical companies that's right so it's it's so, so a lot of times people get brainwashed into a certain way of practicing and that and and one of the one of the most you know what what does doctor actually mean it means teacher Uh, so it doesn't mean you have to have this phd or a doctorate everyone's teaching something now if you're a great teacher not only would you be teaching in my opinion and if you go even a little bit further if you say you're a scientist because anyone that goes in any health field has to take some sort of science courses or background in science at least a prerequisite or some you know basic courses now a scientist must always ask questions doesn't matter if we're taught something that may be outdated or may be funded by something who cares whatever but when do we start asking questions as practitioners if you can, you know what when you're in school you're just you're you're under so much stress i get it i don't blame anyone even i was you know it's not easy <laughs> when you're going through the program but when you're in practice you realize you, at some point in your life you have to start asking questions is this what is it, what am i doing is it actually working am i getting the results i want if not it's time to reassess so some people do this and i know people have done this in all different fields some people 
don't seem to do this. Why that is, I can't answer for them. But again, I think it has to go back to follow the money. And or it could just be people just don't know. Uh, I mean, maybe people are that naive. I, I, I find that hard to believe, but it's possible. Yeah, I think the, there is a conflict of interest presented, um, not just, you know, on a personal level, but within the industry. If every th symptom yields a profit for a medicine that treats a symptom but doesn't fix anything, then we've just kind of stacked this uh, or snowballed this avalanche situation together where it's, it just keeps going and keeps going. And now there's, you know, a thousand new medications every year treating the same symptoms over and over. And then another medication for your symptoms, uh, or I should say the side effects of those initial medications. So it does get kind of haywired into this weird system where it's no longer even about health and well-being so yeah and this is a great tragedy you know it's just ironically as we were just before going on air with you i was listening to a podcast and the guy was talking about uh you know like you know of course in the world right now we have this quote-unquote pandemic um but compared to like the opioid crisis uh compared to you know uh like medical errors. I mean, yeah. these numbers are in, in the hundreds of thousands a year, yes. you know, compared to like people, children getting kidnapped, you know, 200,000 a year. Like this, he was just throwing out statistics and I'm like, where is our tent? What are we really focusing on here? I mean, uh, we need to, there are far great. And yeah, uh, there's also something that if you look at something that really annoys me a lot of time when you go back to the food, uh, and it, it kind of ties into like all this like government uh, controlled stuff is people on food stamps who are on a lower socioeconomic barrier, obviously. Uh, it's not necessarily so much only minorities, but at a certain period of time, it was directed towards minorities. But now, I mean, there's a lot of people that fall into, you know, poverty. So there's a lot of people on food stamps, but people on food, but there's definitely, but there definitely is some sort of agenda there in my opinion, and, and I mean, you know, everyone can look it up, listeners, you can look it up yourself, but on food stamps, you can't buy organic food. You can only buy junk food. So why is that? I mean, if we're, if we're so concerned about helping people and making sure people are healthy, uh, why can't they buy healthy food? And then, then you, and, and why is there even toxic food available? And why, why is it marketed to people and why aren't people educated about it? I mean, there's a lot of questions here. I mean, I, I mean, I know most of the answers to them, but I think it's people, I think it's more inquisitive and more powerful if people self-realize and go find these questions themselves, because until someone, you know, it's uh, something I learned on my spiritual journey is until you self-realize, self-actualize and self-realize something, you won't really understand it. It's probably why I was falling asleep in my classes all throughout my life in school, because you know, that's not how we learn, <laughs> like getting lectured. Yeah. <laughs> you have to experience it. <laughs> yeah, we learn through immersion. We learn through action. <laughs> I was the same way. Just like <laughs> I was probably the worst student from like the last four years of school, to be honest. But I mean, it's it's an ineffective way of learning. It's an ineffective way of conveying information to people. Really yeah, and there is. are there are some group of people there's a group of people that is effective to maybe like 20 percent. i don't know the statistic i'm just throwing it off my head but we all have different learning styles right some of us are visual auditory kinesthetic 
yeah. uh, whatever joy. I mean, we have all different senses that we use. So we need to find out how that person learns. And not everyone's meant to be the same thing. Like we don't like someone's supposed to, you know, th there are some schools nowadays in mean, different types of schools where you learn the basic curriculum, but then you spend more time on like if you're really good at basketball, then you'll do that or you'll play music or you'll draw pictures or whatever it may be. Uh, but we need more of that. And, and you know, you're probably aware of this. You know, uh, I think after I had graduated high school, I noticed some of the areas in the country, and this is the United States, where they started taking away programs like arts, drama, physical education. And this was this is absurd. Or even taking away like playtime or recess time. Yeah. I mean, what yeah, are you, they, what, what are you trying to do to the children? They think they're going to increase academic performance by allocating more time to it, but it actually, in my opinion, and in my experience as a student in that system, um, it, it made it more difficult to learn because you didn't get to get outside, get that sunlight, get that energy mm. um, circulated, you know, through, like you're already in the building for way too long out of the day. <laughs> it's like, a, it's already an eight hour day sometimes longer, you know, so they, they did the same thing at my elementary school. I think it was second grade. They cut the um, outside time in half. So wow. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, it's, it doesn't make any sense. You know, I always joke with my mother. It's uh, I say, Oh, school, that's just uh, babysitting for parents. You don't actually learn anything. <laughs> yeah i mean unfortunately it's it's evolved to be more like that and not that i know everything about it but i look at you know one of some of the higher performing countries and um what is it switzerland that always stands out you know they have max like four hours of school time a day wow like four yeah hours, yeah that's it totally different lifestyle but they're you know one of the highest performing um in the world so yeah i think i think you're 100 right i haven't looked at the stats as of recently but i know maybe this is like five to ten years back and I'm, i don't i highly doubt it's changed it may have got worse in fact but at that time with the last time i checked the stats the united states was the last in industrialized nations in their yeah. math and science scores and reading scores uh yeah last time great. i checked we were like 26th or 28th or is i mean basically yeah. what you're saying at the bottom of the barrel in terms of performance so yeah when it comes to this overall health you know mind body and spirit it is there a certain place that it has to stem from does it stem from body first does it stem from mind first or is it a collective integration all at once that's a fantastic question and what I can say is it depends on the individual. For me, the mind is so profound. Like one of the things people don't know about yoga is it's, it's not the poses are like 10% of it. It's, it's the mind, the, the, the physical aspect, like, you know, I did a training program while I was in college, in chiropractic college, and we always used to incorporate some goals used to move first. Like, uh, move our bodies then we did some form of meditation or breath work and then we continued training we were training chiropractic so i mean if you were a 
martial artist, you would train martial arts. If you were a cook, you probably, I don't know what you train in the morning at 6 a.m. cooking, maybe you cook something, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but, but you do catering. whatever you gotta do. <laughs> I don't like, maybe you uh, practice your postures for catering, I don't know. <laughs> but, but yeah, but it's, uh, these, these, these elements of mind, body, and soul, like moving, breathing, meditating, it's uh, it's it's very important. Uh, move, breathe, meditate, mind, body, soul. But how this occurs, how this relates to healing, is your question. Is it depends because the when we access the body, sometimes the mind is there's such a big blockage in the mind. We have to use the body as an access point. Like I look at the spine, like in my work as a chiropractor, the spine is a lever. It's just an access point. I'm looking for an access point. And I only go where the body, where the person allows me to go. I don't just go anywhere I want to. And, and sometimes they, you can only go so much, so deep uh, in that particular, um, that particular session because that's all they can handle. And, and sometimes it's the other way around. The physical body is so tense and it's so shut off that not, like, I, can't, I can't access the physical body. So then I have to go to the mental body, the mind. And, and I've been trained in methodologies that I can help, I, I can help people uh, with their mental state through um, the different things I've learned. And so, yes, yeah, it, it really depends on the, my, both, both are going to, either one is going to affect the other. Everything's connected. You can't, you cannot just only affect the body and not affect the mind. You can't only affect the mind and not affect the body. It's, you're going to have an effect no matter what, which way you do it. But for me, it's always important to see what I need to access in order to get the best results. So it depends. That makes sense. Because like you said, sometimes the physical is so, so blocked, so inaccessible. You have to start with the mind. You may have to start with some energetic focus and, and get them to a state just depending on the person. So kind yeah, of like sometimes it's the other way yeah you're right 100 and sometimes the other way around yeah so like different doors to the same building so to speak yeah okay. that's interesting because i think oftentimes people get wrapped up in the idea that they have to force something one way like i have to force myself to start working out and sometimes you do um, or i have to force myself to meditate they're all beneficial but you may start with one and put yourself in a better position to approach the other. Yeah. I, like I mean, I had a strange introduction to meditation because it was open eye meditation. Uh, mm. So, and, you know, for that, for me, that was a bit weird. I thought, what do you mean? Open eye? <laughs> I've never <laughs> even heard of that till just now. <laughs> yeah. Especially just point, focusing on a point, like a point of light yeah. kind of thing. But then I realized as I started just experience, learning more about spirituality and the mind and the brain and everything, that some, someone going for a run is a meditation, riding a bike, reading a book, uh, climbing a mountain. Everyone's form of meditation is completely different. Some people, you know, I, I, when I'm in the shower, I get great downloads uh, from source or wherever they come from. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we so, talked I mean, about the, that. The wisdom's in the water. <laughs> yeah, I'm so the I mean, same way. Yeah. so who has to? Who says you have to sit in a dark room, cross-legged, with your eyes closed for ten hours? I mean, yeah. meditation. <laughs> the, the 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 ultimate objective is not to. We 
it's like you see people doing extensive uh, yoga meditation uh movement practices mindfulness stuff and you know sometimes they spend an hour or two on it and this is this is fine this is this is what happens when you're a beginner you're a novice you're not even a novice or a beginner you're just at the very precipice of a if you can even say a start so you need this extra time and training and it's frustrating because like I, I mean, for me, in the beginning, like, I don't, it's like nothing happening. <laughs> yeah. But but the point is not to expect anything, right? It's just to experience. And this is whole, the whole life itself. But having said that, I mean, we should expect. I, I said it the other day. What, let me remind you what I said. I said, I don't, uh, I don't have expectations, but I expect great. I expect to be great, at least the greatest version of myself. So you can't compare yourself to everything around you and everyone else, but if you give it your best shot, then you can be satisfied. Um, but that's your best is change. It's going to, you know, if you look at the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, I think that's what it was. You now he, he talks about uh, one of them is always do your best and your best changes from time to time because you're not going to be on point A, you know, on hundred percent every day. So some days may be different, but as long as you did your best with whatever you had that day, whatever tools you had, whatever strength and energy you had, then you can be happy at the end of the day. Yeah. It's, your best is going to change from time to time. Like if, you're, if you're feeling sick or you're feeling down, and feeling sick is an interesting one too, as, I just, as it just came up, uh, because symptoms are just a language to the body. It's just a language to your life. It's, just a, it's a signal that something's not going right and we need to change something. Yeah. So if you pay, so if we're, if we're able to listen to our bodies and learn to uh, pick up on these things that before something becomes a grand problem, right? Like a cancer or a heart disease, you can fix it. If you're not paying attention and you keep on, you keep on going with your life, not altering anything, well then things get worse over time, but your body is trying to talk to you. So we, this is another thing that we have to learn as children. I think we don't have to wait till we have an issue at 45 or 50 to wake up. Why don't we learn? Why don't we teach young people so they can live a better lifestyle in the first place. I think that's a great point. And I think that ties into intuition. Like, I feel that they're, that's the most important thing to me. Like intuition to me is more important that, than education, than formal education, because it's something I can't explain it. I don't think we fully understand, but it's like this internal truth that's always with us and like you mentioned we have symptoms there's an intuitive connection to that that's like that check engine light comes on and then you're like huh if you're able to tune into that inclination that intuitive sense then you can you can go a long way you can really like you kind of how you stumbled into or or got started with chiropractic that was like an intuitive beam of light just shined at you and you said hey i'm gonna go i'm gonna go jump into this so yeah and a lot of times in our life we don't go with the flow of life and we, we resist uh -oh. looks like your connection froze up on me let me see Still there? Oh yeah. Oh yes, okay. I'm here. Yeah, it froze up. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I just think each of us are meant to uncover whatever it is, and it's different. Uh, so, but yeah, and then also going back to the sickness thing, it's that it's the healing process. Like we always negate, we always put something negative. Oh, they're sick, so they've got to like uh, go away and be depressed for like three days. It's like, no, be be happy that your body is working. Yeah, yeah you might not feel good for a day. It might not be the best feeling for a day or two, but let your body do its work. And yes, there are certain, there are definitely certain cases where you need to seek help. You need medical attention or, or whatever type of care you may need. You know, uh, but most times. Uh, our body is just working like when you have a fever it's fighting off a foreign invader virus bacteria what micro what it may be where it may be so but we suppress these symptoms and we're actually damaging our body in the same way when we suppress our intuition we're damaging the natural flow of our life and we're wondering why we're miserable yeah. but you know when when you have that intuitive and we try i think when we are when we are first come into this physical form when we are born and when we are about to leave people become the most intuitive like a child doesn't really have many filters and neither do old people so it's kind of funny but yeah, that's something that we can learn no something BS. we can <laughs> no there's not <laughs> there's something we can learn from that uh in the bit it's like it's like the people it's like from the beginning you, to, and at the end you got it you got it you're connect you're close to source you got it figured out you know how to tap into your intuition and go after things but then in the middle we screw it up so we got to keep that vibration in the middle <laughs> yeah one of the most one of the most profound examples or or illustrations of that i've seen is on um, a show it's called the midnight gospel with duncan trussell I okay don't know, you may have heard uh, of it it's, no, i, I think heard it. it came out like a year close to a year ago maybe okay. is maybe it on is it on is it on network television it was on Netflix. I don't, I'm not sure okay. where else it is, but it was, it was made okay. by the creator of Adventure Time, which is one of my okay. all time favorites oh, yeah. as a kid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so oh, that's cool. It's yeah, very trippy, try, uh, very psychedelic. Yeah. I don't watch network television, but Netflix, I watch it sometimes. Yeah. Not as much, I'm, not that much, but <laughs> I kind of, I, I don't even want to get into this subject, but I, I boycotted it recently for a certain particular yeah. film so yeah yeah and anyway. I, I know what you're i know what you're talking about yeah i did yeah. it was the same all my circle of uh friends a lot of them yeah just cancel their memberships but if That's you don't know what, what we're did. talking about then yeah you just google it you'll figure out what we're talking about yeah. but then... <laughs> or, use, or use duckduckgo it might be censored on google but anyway we'll continue <laughs> yeah so that part aside <laughs> the show is called the midnight gospel the main guy in the show doing the the it's really weird because he's he has his own podcast Duncan Trussell and the show is actually like a synthesis of his podcast into an animated form so it's really okay. it's really out there but um you know he lost his his mom to cancer and mm. you know at the end of her time it was it, they did an episode on this and it, it was very deep very personal but there was um the subject was covered and it was just it was incredible how they kind of went into that and and she was saying um that she felt more alive than she ever had before in her life and that's 
that's the part that struck me like um all all of the garbage and everything had just dissolved away and she was just in this state where she was very happy and felt very alive despite you know the circumstance and that was the it, it was very personal you know for him because that's his mom I mean it's a, it a difficult thing but I thought there was they, they did a good job of making um you know showing demonstrating the beauty of it as well just like that she was in a good place um in herself before that time came so I think that kind of ties into what you're talking about like as a child and then as we get older we get closer to that source if you want to call it that so but do you think that's the wonderful story do you think fear is probably the 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 number one driving factor to what holds us back throughout this process i mean we could be talking about being sick we could be talking about just living but i think there's some element to fear like everything's rooted in fear all the negativity all the the things that we see on on mainstream media and just everything that i feel makes us sick is actually seems like it's just all rooted in fear what are your thoughts on that there's 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 definitely a connection there there's no doubt if you, I mean, you know, it was it was Dan Pena a couple of years back, who uh, who brought me the uh, fruition of of knowledge that fear is false evidence appearing real. And yes, I agree with you 100%. Like, if you look at cancer, for example, in 1900, 4% of the population had cancer or something like this. Most people in society didn't even know what cancer was. It wasn't in our consciousness. Now, this is something that I often talk about with my peers uh, is that if it's not in our consciousness, then it's not likely to form. Because all these things are bombarded day in, day out, whether it's sickness, whether it's you're not good enough to create that business. Uh, whether it's oh you're not you don't look a certain way to get that man or woman, or whatever it may be, and in the media you know you you're going to die of this or you can't do that or it's just fear 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 it's fear porn. Yeah. It's 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 it, 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 it's 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 a uh, and a lot of our decision making goes on that. Most people are are afraid are afraid to live. This is a great tragedy. The greatest tragedy, uh, one of the greatest tragedies in the world is, 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 is not that, um, is, is not being able to, is not being, is that people are afraid to live. It's, it's ridiculous when you think about it that way. And they kind of go through and, and never having lived at all. You know, they just, they yeah. waited to die through it all instead of actually playing the game and, and, utilizing their time here to be who they could be yeah and i mean it's uh you know i'm always i'm always laughing because i see i i always think you know even there are some you know things there are serious things going on in the world today 
but I laugh because it is ridiculous because it, the whole it's just it's just ridiculous. Because uh, yeah. why? Because why are we afraid to live? It doesn't actually make any logical sense. The only thing we know for sure is that one day we're going to die. We know right. th two things we know for sure that anyone is hearing this now that you were born, well, supposedly I don't remember my birth, but we were, I was born. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's in. I'm sure it's blueprinted in me somewhere. I just need to retrace it. There's probably some mystical person that can help me do that. But, anyways, uh, and we're gonna die. Yeah. yeah. Why are we afraid? So, so afraid of dying? I don't understand because every second in our body, a cell is dying and a new one is gen regen a new one is being born or, is, or the cells regenerating. So we have this cycle of life and death occurring every nanosecond. It's not happens at zero and it happens at age 100. It's not like that. And it's, yeah. it's a cycle of life happening all the time, constantly. It's a dynamic, it's a dynamic flow. It never stays the same. No two moments are the same. The beauty of the human being is that it's new in every moment. So having this fear, fear of what other people think, for example, man, this is like the worst thing. It's like, what a waste of energy. It's a waste thought. Like yeah. you, you are, you're literally shunning yourself from your greatness. Imagine if Muhammad Ali was like, I'm scared to go fight instead of saying I'm the greatest. Nobody wouldn't even know who he was. In my opinion, yeah. Was he the best fighter in history? Uh, maybe not, but we all think of him as that because that's how he marketed himself. And he, um, what fear did he have? And he, and he, and he left a mark beyond his sport. I mean, he said things that today, I mean, we would get, we would get, we would get kicked off everything if we said the things he said today. <laughs> but I'm uh, saying, but... all the, yeah, all the politically <laughs> correct, <laughs> all the nonsense. You brought up the perfect example because. I just um, I just caught a clip of Mike Tyson the other day talking about Muhammad Ali, and he obviously has you know a lot of reverence for him, and he was just he got choked up speaking about it because he said straight up, man, he would die for this. Like that, he's like, I'm not great, I'm not great. We're not even. He's a different kind of person, and yeah. that's he relinquished any fear of death. He wouldn't quit. That's that's what makes him such a powerful figure. It's, you can get you know go over the technicalities of who's the best boxer. Well, in his prime, you could argue he was the greatest of all time. But everyone gets older. What didn't change about him was he he did not care. He would die for it. He did. He was the greatest in terms of willpower. And I don't I don't think there's any argument there. But that ties yeah. right into what we're saying, like that fear of death holds people back. So reverse engineer yeah. that no fear of death. And I don't mean to, you know, say just like take any risk and don't think, but I mean, relinquishing your fear of death is the most liberating thing you can do. And it's easier absolutely. said than done, but. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and, you know, a derivative, a derivative of fear of death is fear of judgment, fear of failure, fear of making mistakes. Uh, you know, fear of being rejected, like any of these things, any of these fears, it's going, it's going to, you're going to die slowly. Yep. So that's why I say it's a derivative of death because you might not be thinking of fear of dying, but you're dying a little every time you don't go after something you want to do. And, and maybe it's not the right thing for you to do, but how the hell are you going to know if you don't try? You if you don't go in the out. ring, and get knocked out, how are you going to go back to train and improve? You don't even know how to improve. You haven't even, you haven't even gone into the match yet. <laughs> 
So it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's mean, like, it's like, it doesn't make, it's like someone's like, oh, you know, I, I'm going to open my business. Well, it's like, it's been 10 years, man. Like, when are you going to do it? So I don't have yeah. the resources. All right. Well, the guy down the street, he didn't have any resources either. He did it. I mean, yep. what, what's your excuse? I'm not, I'm not saying it's easy. And don't get me wrong. I mean, everyone's situation is different. I mean, I, you know, some people grow up in harsh, harsh places. I understand that environment is terrible, but it's the cliche when there's will, there's a way and it's the human will. It's a determination, a sacrifice that we will get, you will, you will win. We're all, we're all hardwired in my opinion to win. No one's, I don't think we're, we're not hardwired to lose. No, but losing is losing on the journey is what gets you to the win. So if That's you don't, it. if you, if you don't accept that you're going to lose along the way, then you're never going to win. I've never, who has ever gone a whole, I mean, I, what I mean is like no one of any stature that we look up to today has had the perfect life, but we look up at them because they overcame something and they became great at whatever they did. That's why we look up to them. And we all have that story within us waiting to be unfolded, waiting to unfold. Sorry. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And I think it's, it's quite the opposite of what people think. The, the people who are the most accomplished have the most failures under their belt. That's how you mm -hmm. learn. That's, yep. That is the process. Failure is the process of success. And you mentioned those tiny deaths along the way. Each one is like, man, that couldn't be any more true. They say, you know, a coward dies a thousand times. A hero mm. dies once, you know, wow. so yeah, that's, um, I think that's it, man. I think that is yeah. one, one of the huge takeaways that people with that alone can reformat their perspective. Like, okay, what am I actually doing with my life right now? Like what is literally holding me back? And I think when you take the time to assess that, you realize it's, it's nothing. It's hard. It takes work, but nothing is literally holding you back from doing anything. Right. And, you know, it always goes back to intention and intention. Like, you're, are you trying to, are you, are you becoming love? And love is a synchronicity and synthesis of complementary opposites. It's not actually a feeling. It's a state of being. It's, it goes back to what we started talking about earlier in meditation. The whole purpose of it is to be in that state constantly. It's not something you have to, the reason you train so much for anything is so you can be in that state 24-7 maybe not 24 seven perfectly, but most of the time, but like, if you have the right intention and intention, what are you afraid of? What do you, what, why, you know, because you're not going to, you're going to make mistakes, but I don't remember who said this or where it, it was in a David Guetta song like 10 years back, but it said art cannot be criticized because every mistake is a new creation. Mm. And then, uh, but you know, because, but if you have the right intention and intention, even if you do make a mistake and you're not going out there to hurt people, or cause violence or harm mistakes are fine fall forward right we've heard this right uh and then i actually came up with an acronym earlier last year or for failure was feeling alive in life's unexpected reality expedition that's what failure is yeah i like that <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a tongue twister but yeah <laughs> <laughs> like hey let me write that down <laughs> uh, yeah, feel, yeah. feeling alive in life's unexpected reality expedition that's what it is i love it i think sometimes we get so wrapped up 
in the lows that it's easy to become overwhelmed. Like you have to just let go and laugh sometimes, even if life is terrible right now, you have to find a way to just take a deep breath and let go and, and see the next thing, like see beyond the horizon a bit. And this, this mind body wasteland that we're kind of born into, and it doesn't have to be that way, but I think, people fall victim to that and then they just start spiraling downward mm-hmm. when they could be spiraling upwards. And, you know, I wanted to bring this up because you mentioned in a, a recent interview of yours, um, the Crump episode. Oh yeah. That you did. Yeah. So you mentioned in that episode uh, that a colleague of yours had recently passed away from overdose and that's obviously a delicate subject and i want to approach this respectfully because it's devastating you know for someone to take their own life intentionally or unintentionally so condolences to the family and yourself as well um and again i want to approach this with the utmost respect do you feel like that could have been you at some point in your life yeah, I, you know, this this person that passed away, he was a friend of mine in college. I haven't spoken to him in years, but I, I got the news a couple of weeks back, you know, via social media. Um, it's a, obviously, it's a tragedy. Uh, but nothing happens out of order in life. And, you know, I say this with the utmost respect and condolences as well. So we have to sit back and reflect of these things. And, you know, so was it this i don't know exactly you know still it wasn't the right moment to ask why it happened what exactly happened all i know it was an overdose you know was it a suicide or not i don't know but you know for me they're connected if someone's overdosing on something they probably have suicidal tendencies because it comes back to a lack of self-worth or self-value and in these kind of situations i always think like sometimes i think am i doing enough to help people am i doing enough to get the message out of empowering people to know that life is wonderful life's on the way not in the way you know this that that situation hit even though i haven't spoken to this person in maybe a decade it just makes you wonder like you know is there something that we could i could have done or we could have done a society to prevent these things because unfortunately this year these things have increasing especially in a younger age group like 18 to 40 uh, the suicide rate has increased a lot overdose has gone up uh, with the lockdowns alcohols and drugs domestic abuse has skyrocketed. So there's a lot of things going on that need need to be shed light on so we can find better solutions. You know, for me, it's not about creating enemies. It's about creating solutions. We, we, because we don't understand why someone is doing through something, why they are doing that to themselves or to someone else. Uh, you know, there's every action has a, a reaction and a consequence. Nothing is random. Every choice has a consequence. But what is the root of that and what can we do to improve upon it? Now, what you asked about me, myself personally, was there a time that I could have been me? I'm not sure I would have gone that far, but it could have been. I mean, uh, we've all been in, maybe not, I I cannot speak for everyone, but I I can certainly say I've been in dark places before. I don't think I ever went to that level, but sometimes, sometimes I was reckless. I would admit that. Yeah, I definitely would admit that. Uh, there was a period in my life where I was very reckless. 
So, and sometimes that's all that it's, that's all it takes. So, and why does that happen? It's just, it's just what I explain is the value, you know, when you don't have value on self and sometimes we don't even know what that means to have value on self, but when we find a purpose bigger than ourself, we start, we start realizing the gift that we each are and how important it is to be the, you know, as you mentioned to just now, this is just a physical, uh, a great physical machine that we've been given is our body. But inside of us lives our spirit, our soul. That's who we are. We're just using this as a tool, navigate through this magnificent world. If we get too attached to that and we forget about why we're even here and we don't go on a journey of discovering what, how we can serve the world, then unfortunately these kind of things can happen. So it's very important to find our values, align with them, and then try and reach as many people as possible. But yeah, it could have been me. I mean, why couldn't it have been? If I did not find purpose in my life, I, it, that could have been me today. Like if I didn't go to chiropractic school seven years ago, I, you know, sometimes I say this jokingly, but it probably has some truth to it. Like, you know, like going, going to chiropractic school probably saved my life. Even then in the early, in the first year or two, I was making some silly mistakes with my own personal life and choices. Uh, because, you know, a lot of the old patterns start coming back, you know, you are still programmed and it takes time to get rid of. And eventually you start ironing the creases out. But if you don't go after something that's going to serve a vast number of people that you feel like you're making a difference in your life of yourself and others, it's easy to slip and fall. It doesn't take much. And those, those old patterns are still wired in me. If I don't stay on purpose, I can see my, I'm sure I would end up in the same things I was doing before. So it's, I think it has to go down to finding purpose is very, is a big key. I think you're right. I, I think purpose, it, purpose leads to fulfillment. And if you're not doing that, you, you're really, you're really dying in, in some way in one way or another. And you know, I look at situations like that and I'm, I, I do think like, man, that could have been me. You know, it's like, yeah. what, what is the difference between being totally down and out and then that, you know, that final slip into a, that decision or, or accidentally, unintentionally just out right. of recklessness or despair or whatever it may be. It's like, I think we walk more of a fine line than we realize sometimes. And it's easy to take that for granted until something like that almost happens to you or happens to someone, you know, it kind of like it's, it's, a, it's a wake up call. Like, man, what, you know, what am I doing? Like I knew that person, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And it's, and I think like, even if we are caught up in, you know, if someone's listening to this and they're caught up in these kind of things, be grateful for where you are right now, because I can look back to a time where, you know, I remember like I spun out on the highway and there's like 50 cars, like three 18 wheelers going by and, and somehow no one, no one, none of them hit me. Uh, and I still didn't wake up at that time. You know, it was more tragedies that came along down the line. Uh, so, but like, so, 
something is keeping us all we've all some so those of us that maybe think oh man i've done so much wrong no take it as a blessing that you're still here right now and do something with your life now because something's keeping you alive you have a greater purpose otherwise we're not anyone that's alive right now there's there's a reason why we're here it's not random there's something within us that we have to share and accomplish uh, so it's it's a uh, you have to get we have to bring that up yeah that's deep so where do you find strength you know what what do you feel you're living for ultimately well today i i hope there's some more sunlight because i want to go outside but no <laughs> ultimately what i'm living for i mean you know when you think about purpose yourself like what is the purpose of life is there a purpose it's a great question as we as we're talking about this in some depth uh what am i living for i am living for the experience of what comes in every moment do i know what's going to come in every moment not really i mean we have a perception that seems to be quite accurate like we know if i go if i walk outside and i walk down the street i'm pretty sure i can i can have some uh foresight into what will come uh, what i'm really living for is to see the to see each individual starting with myself bring out the blueprint of their soul into the world so we can gift each other with our magnificence because it's when each of us individually shine each of us brings out our own weird unique nonsensical fun powerful transforming impact is when we can truly have joy have fun and we can see a trend i believe that we're living in one of the greatest times in history none of us know how the coming years will play out the only thing we can only thing we know is the present and the past but we can only build a future by becoming alignment with the present and the, in the present and the past not to become attached with the past but to appreciate it to to see the flaws and the, the benefits and drawbacks to each situation to bring that uh, resilience to stability courage and clarity in the present and to build a world that our children grandchildren and beyond will say, look back at us and say you know what they made a difference the, those those people in 2020 they weren't too bad after all <laughs> yeah especially given the circumstance <laughs> oh man we got our work cut out for us don't we yeah i think it's a wonderful time it's easy for, you know this is a great reminder for myself and to anyone who's listening it's easy to get caught up in the drama but remember that it's just a drama this year we don't need the soaps on tv we don't need the hollywood movies we are the actors in the movie you can't write a script better than this <laughs> you have it's a it's a tragedy it's a comedy you got romance you've got everything i mean it's a thriller <laughs> like <laughs> you got horror i mean you got it all you know 
it's, it's gonna like, end with a twist I guarantee that <laughs> yeah and then the happy ending you know the, the happy ending with uh the fairy fa- i mean the fairy tale happy ending is coming yeah uh, i don't know when but it will come <laughs> I, I i always believe that humanity will prevail history has taught us this and history has also taught us that as intelligent of creatures that we are we seem to keep repeating the same things people when when this year transpired people were like throw you know we were all shocked i was too but then when you actually sit down and look at if you look at what's happened 100 years ago 200 years ago 500 years ago we were actually we were actually literally repeating almost the same narrative we've just changed the players we have maybe fancier equipment nicer clothes what i don't know change the hairstyle but not really much has changed uh, we're just repeating the same cycles. This is very fascinating to me. Uh, but what people must realize as well is that the energy that's within us is it's so profound. It's, it's, why, it's why most people, even in moments of despair, find a way to thrive. It's, it's a, this is a very special time. And for those of us who upgrade ourselves, what I call spiritually, we won't have any we, we, we won't have any issues. We won't get affected by anything around us. The frequencies that change, uh, whatever may be floating around in the air, whatever we will we will be fine. I truly believe that. That it's 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 when we have to increase our vibration. This is vital in this time. Uh, because when we are empowered, uh, when we are at the state of love, not we, we can be loving, but the state of love means we find balance between we're able to see the good and bad in everything. Uh, we, we raise our vibration to such a high level that the outer world doesn't have an effect on our inner world. And we become the conduit. We become the rocks of stability that people can look up to. And we can lift the vibration of the planet together. This is, this, this is what's happening right now. This is, uh, unfortunately, if you only follow the mainstream, you won't see this. You'll just hear all the negativity. But simultaneously, at the same time, same place, everyone on the planet, there's this great energetic shift occurring. And we also need to shed light on that too and, and, and marvel at this. What will come of it? Many people have made predictions, but it's going to be a special time. I don't know what it's going to come, but it's going to be a very, very amazing, unique time that we are all lucky to be a part of. So we just have to be patient. This is important. Be patient, raise our vibration, become, become love. You don't have to, I mean, you don't have, you don't have to become love. You already are love. You just have to, you just have to recognize that. I like that. (laughs) I think that's, I think that's really how we make the transition on a personal level. And as a result on a collective level from surviving to thriving. And I think the way I see things, we went from a state of, you know, not being industrialized a couple hundred years ago to now we're super industrialized. And now our biggest struggle is in dealing with the comforts that we've created. So you kind of talk about being a victim or being a pioneer. And I think no matter what the struggle is, whether it's you know, survival, whether it's, you know, the physical aspect of, of 
surviving and, and struggling forward, but there's also the mental aspect, you know, we're, we're, there's now greater attacks on our consciousness and on our perceptions. And no matter what it is, it's kind of like a, a diamond, you know, that pressure turns that coal or whatever mineral synthesis into a diamond. And I think no matter what, like you said, humanity will prevail. So it forces people to make that transition, to say, you know what, I can't take any more of this, to realize that their fear is no longer relevant, that I have to do something. And I think the more we're imposed upon and the more things come down over us, the, the greater we become. Yeah, and then we need to come out of the, the, the physical attachment. And what I mean by this is like, you know, we have race, we have, I mean, uh, education and nationality gender race uh profession blah, blah blah i mean all these things are how we describe ourselves in the physical plane but it's time to upgrade from the physical to level the soul the metaphysical level but realize that we're all part of one great consciousness and that it's time to unite all these things are just divided to all the most of the stories i would say because i mean i'll just call them stories because there's a i mean you can We'll just leave it at that for right now. But you get you can get the you can get the drift from my tone. Uh, most of these stories are just designed to divide us. We can't fall for this. We can't fall. We can't fall into victimhood over and over and over again. It's just disempowering us. Uh, we have to rise above this. Rise above the noise. Rise to the level of the soul, to this metaphysical plane, where these things become irrelevant. Uh, and and when you're at this plane. All you have to do is, is uh, you're just you, you're able to see the the beauty in life, rather than see you can see how everything's woven together, like the yin yang symbol. It's not separate. It's it's all together. And don't fall prey and don't don't fall prey and don't fall to the traps that want to create this disillusion of our existence. We are in a magnificent existence. What do you see as a, a path? to mindfulness uh i mean i know it'll be different for each person but what's what you know what is something in your experience that led you to that uh more mindful state or what is what is maybe something that you practice that keeps you in that mindful state yeah i think uh one of the biggest things is to keep to stay in this state is you know having gratitude uh and i don't just mean just that plainly because like, i'm sure people have heard this before but what i mean with gratitude is is really appreciating the flaws in yourself in the world in others uh, this is very important and also understanding that there is a hidden order to this universe and that, you know, nothing is, everything is happening on purpose. We may not be able to understand in the moment why something is happening to you or to someone else or whatnot, or in the world, but understand that there's something going on and we have to find what it is that is going to benefit us from all of this. 
doesn't mean that you don't stand up for what you think is right. It doesn't mean you don't stand up for your values. It doesn't mean that you give in. Like, for example, if you're doing meditation, you're doing yoga, you're eating well, you're doing breath work. I love these things. These things uh, help me a lot. Like, you know, I, I, I love chiropractic care. I mean, I love all kinds of stuff, right? I mean, everyone's got their method to stay, stay in alignment, stay in tune. Uh, but we really need to see that life is always working in our favor. Uh, and this, this is, this is key. It's so, and, and also understanding that in my opinion, nobody is born evil. We all have innately, we all are innately a loving being within our soul. What a lot of times what we are seeing in people's nature is conditioned and educated into them. It's not their natural essence. So it's important to have mercy upon each other in this time. Otherwise, we'll just slaughter each other. It's as difficult as that is. Even sometimes for me, it's difficult for me to, to, to have that. Some of the things that are going on. But we have to understand that in mass confusion will lead to mass clarity with time. So having gratitude for the process is key. Whether it's business, whether it's life, whether it's world events love the process have gratitude because you can't grow unless you're grateful for where you are you're going to create an energy block and you will stay stuck there for a long time so why would you do that that's stupidity <laughs> yeah i think i think we take a few things for granted like even being in poverty in the u.s which you know i'm not making light of um it's no it's not easy you know i grew up basically impoverished so i i know firsthand it's not easy but even being in that situation in the united states you're still more wealthy and better off than like 70 percent of the rest of the world and i think we forget these things like having that perspective knowing where you really are at this place in time at this place geographically wherever you may be in the world I think that that can be a source of motivation and enlightenment. You know, it's like you said, yeah. in your own words, life is happening for you, not to you. Yeah, it's like, you know, as you mentioned, that, it just reminded me when I went to Haiti the first time in 2015, uh, I went to a very like, poor town. And, you know, we go from the West, most of us from the States, few people are from like Europe. And we think, oh, we're going to go help these people. No, we had it all wrong, mate. They were helping us. And why I say that is we went there, right? And we did help them. You know, we gave them free chiropractic service, whatnot. Uh, but the reason I say they helped us, I mean, you got a homeboy who doesn't even have pants on, has this super bright smile, white, super white, bright white smile with perfect teeth. And we've got everything coming from the West and we're still miserable. These guys have nothing. And they're, in the, they're playing on the streets. They're playing soccer in the streets, just happy as ever. Of course, their life is not... They know their life's... They're living in a shack, man. Come on. Yeah. But, the, but the genuine authenticity in the way they greeted people and this, the spark of life that was there. I mean, a lot of people in the West don't have that with all the material stuff they've got. So that's why when I came back, I remember I, I, I told the doctor, it's like, I didn't, they, they taught me a lesson and they taught us a lesson. 
that that you know you can still have joy in any form of in any in any stature of life and yeah. and they, they have everything and they're still happy and we have nothing we have i mean they have not they have hardly anything in a materialistic sense and they're still so joyful we have so much in the west and we're all miserable and fighting with each other so it doesn't actually make any sense so yeah and i think we're in that we're in that struggle of comfort and you can't buy happiness you can't manufacture happiness you know so that in a way they have what we don't have um and that's that's probably how things take a turn by default but how important do you think it is for people to get out to travel to to keep learning you know i think it's it, it should be a requirement <laughs> Because I, look, I mean, anytime I've traveled, <laughs> it's just like, I look back and I'm like, what am I doing? I don't want to go back. I just want to keep going somewhere new. I might want to, yeah. you know, I went to Puerto Rico it, it, and it's like, I could stay there for months. And then like, I have the, the desire to now I want to go somewhere else and stay there for a few months. And it's just, I think we're meant to travel and meet other groups of people with different cultures, different food, different architecture. It does something to you. Absolutely. It does. I think it's for me, I, I'm so grateful to the travels I've been able to do in my life. Uh, I probably would have had a lot more money in my bank account if I didn't travel as much, but that's okay. You know, uh, <laughs> have but, a, a couple extra suits, <laughs> a more expensive car, but Hey, you know, can't trade for experience. Yeah, that's true. And it's all about balance in life, right? But for me, from a young age, you know, playing football or soccer, I was always interwoven into the global world, the global culture. I was always fascinated by geography. You know, I learned, I learned the geography of the world because of soccer or football, uh, because I, it just forced me to, oh, where's this person from? Oh, I never heard of that place. Look it up. I find out, you know, all the information about that place. So it just became, it just became, an, I just, and, and then everywhere I went, it, it was like football or music it was like a universal language. It just connected people. It didn't matter where you're from, what you look like. You put a ball down, we all start playing. Yeah. I love that. That was amazing. And so from a young age, I've always been fascinated with different cultures, different people. I've always wanted to learn more. And you're completely right. We're meant to do this. I really think that it's the biggest thing is you have joy, you have fun, you're gaining experiences. And then the profoundness of expanding your horizons, you realize that they have a different color shirt on. They might have different food. They might speak a different language, but innately we are the same. Yeah. We can laugh together. We can dance together. We can share a meal together. And uh, we realize that we're just brothers and sisters in this magnificent life. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful experience. And there's something that we take away from each other that we realize that we, that we need each other. It's, 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 and, it's, and, it just, and, and you know, that's the profoundness of it, but it's just fun as well. I mean, there, there is, we are social creatures. In, in the era of separation that we are currently living in, we have to remind ourselves that human beings are social creatures. We thrive when we exchange with each other, whether it's time, resources, or just laughs and smiles, there's an energy shift that occurs within that. 
and everyone's different. You know, we have this whole conversation about extrovert, introvert. I think it's BS personally. We're all introverted at times. We're all extroverted at times. It's not a permanent yeah. condition. Nothing is permanent. Uh, when you look at the field of epigenetics, you know, look into like Bruce Lipton's work and many more. We know now that 99% of our beingness is not permanent. It's based on our lifestyle, our choices, our travels, our experiences, and things can shift and things can change. And that's why it's so vital to have experiences. The great yogis of the past weren't teaching her. It's not about her. It's not, it wasn't, a, it's a, this is a spiritual practice. The whole purpose of it is to experience life. That's all it is. Yeah. The, that's how you, that's through experiencing life. You figure out what's right and wrong. You figure out what's your purpose. You figure out your values. You figure out what to do. But if you are, if you have the same monotone experience day in, day out your whole life, you just become a robot of the system. Yes. Is that the purpose of life? I'm not, I don't think so. No, we're not meant to drone on. We're not meant to be boxed in or, or isolated by ourselves or to one confined to one place and experience for our whole life. And I think a lot of the ailments and dysfunctions that we see, like, you know, introversion or just being out of sorts with yourself, you know, being depressed and not knowing why, like, once you get out and experience something that makes you feel alive, you realize like, that's it. That's, that's the magic. That's the thing that keeps you feeling free and energized, you know? And, yeah. And I have this weird sensation or I don't know what it is, addiction, or maybe it's just a natural, maybe I'm just more connected. I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy. Probably all of the above. <laughs> a, little bit about, a little bit of everything. <laughs> but in, in my life, I've never, I've always, uh, been attracted to when i find someone i mean it's human nature i think you know whether it's a woman or i'm always attracted to someone that's from some different country or a different place it just i don't know it's so it's just it's very attractive to me it's, it's very, <laughs> yeah i think it's because it goes back to what you're talking about we just we are yeah. we are all curious people in that we are curious individuals and we just want to explore and learn and discover you know we're all, the path of life the path of mastery is also the path of discovery. If you don't have experiences, then what, would you, what are you going to discover? You can't discover think, the same thing every day. That's kind of boring. Yeah, no, <laughs> and I, I think that hits on something deeply rooted in our nature is that something new is an opportunity. Like a new experience equals a new opportunity every time. Because you may be, whether it's learning something or just traveling, you're going to integrate something new into yourself each time like new equals opportunity so i think our body our mind naturally seeks that i think it's just a process of evolution and in that sense we're all teachers to one another even if you're you're not a professional teacher like we're we're just like kids we all learn from each other all the time. So I know that's one of your top three values here. I'm <laughs> cheating, off, cheating off the sheet a little bit, but travel, teach, and learn. I mean, I think, think you nailed it with that. Travel, teach, and learn. It's kind of yeah. hard not to feel fulfilled and alive and, and a sense of freedom in doing those things. So... 
Yeah, I love, I love, I love that, man. I freaking love that. New equals opportunity. I got to paint that on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> because it's awesome. the same thing, like uh, a new obstruction, a new challenge, new opportunity. Let's go. Yeah, that's it. Uh, you know, it's always, it's always some form right. of opportunity, yeah. some form of growth. So with that said, you're looking at, you know, like obviously expanding the podcast. It's already doing great, but expanding, growing that, doing speaking events, you know, putting, putting this information out to help as many people as possible. Um, with that said, what are you looking forward to the most in the near future? I mean, there's, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is having like a seminar. I'd like to put a seminar on. I think that'd be great. Uh, mixture of music, mixture of, I mean, different artists, uh, professionals, doctors, speakers, entrepreneurs, and anyone really extraordinary people. You don't have to have a title to be extraordinary. But expanding through my work, it's, it's really just focusing on one at a time. Like the one person, each person is, is creating a quantum effect. Like, you know, when I take care of one person, it's going to create an effect. It's going to create a ripple effect that I know that with time, I won't be able to, I, I, I want to get to a point where not for my ego, but for humanity is, you know, I want to serve a vast number of people. Uh, you know, I'm excited about expanding my practice. And I want to have a my own location soon. Um, so I'm looking forward to that because I and and, it, and I'm looking forward to yeah, the podcast. I mean, who knows what's going to come of that? And it's it's just fun, you know. It's just fun sharing conversations. Yeah. I mean, it, I think we have to use all the mediums we have at our disposal, whatever they may be. It may, maybe new ones down the line. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, you know, writing books, pod, making content, but. The digital stuff is fantastic because it can reach people like this. That's why I love it. Yep. No but for me, to produce. I mean, it's just, no. there you go. Yeah. yeah. But for me, there's something special about being in front of an audience that, 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 I mean, when I ha haven't done it as much, obviously this, I mean, first part of this year I did, but the last couple of months, not as much. Uh, but that's just a high that is incredible. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's something's different. It's, and I'm sure it can be replicated in different ways, but I don't know. There's, there's benefits to being online, you know, cause you can, you can see everyone on a zoom call. No one can really hide. Like if you're in a room, someone can hide behind someone else, but <laughs> it's kind of funny. So it goes both ways, you know, but the energy when you're up there, it's just different. I'm sure it's the same with athletes right now when they're playing in empty stadiums. That's why you yeah. see a lot of, you see a lot of weird results right now because I think they're not, even like oh this top player lost or this team but it's because there's no isn't you see the energy is not there the crowd's Literally. not there yeah whether you're I speaking mean, or whether you're playing a sport is the same thing there is there's a you know each each person has their own energetic field i mean this is they've been able to measure this now scientifically and observe that we have an energetic field that stems anywhere from like five to 25 meters out around us, like an actual electromagnetic energetic signature that's emanating from our body. 
so they can they can see that now um, before it was kind of hypothetical but now we know yes we we are literally producing an energetic field and then there's a collective result that happens when we come together i mean we project a field in a, in a different way in a in a huge way that fuels sporting events that fuels you know the there's speculation that they used to be able to move things with just frequency using, uh, you know, harmonizing together. And it's, again, we can't prove it yet, but um, we see weird things can happen in a positive way when people are channeling energy together. So it's interesting that you bring that up. And I think there is an energy to the room when you're speaking to a crowd. And just as you're giving out, it's coming back. You know, and it's just kind of cycles through. Creates one thing I yeah, I 100% agree with you. But one thing I do want to mention is, even if it's one person in front of you, it's still it's not one person. It's actually hundreds, maybe thousands, even millions, because that is what affecting that one person's life with what you say or what you do in a positive way. Would rep- will have a ripple effect that we can't measure. Yeah. So even in this time where you might be talking to a screen or you might be having one-on-one conversation instead of to a group in whatever scenario it may be, remember that your effect is still, gro- is still massive. Don't downplay any, any situation. Even the one-on-one interaction has a vast effect. So don't, so don't, don't forget that. Yeah, we're, we're at a point that's, that's a, a great point to bring up because we're in a time where we, it's so immense, we don't know how many people we could potentially affect. I mean, this video could go viral for some reason. I don't expect it to, but I expect, you know, somebody's going to watch and it's just going to have that chain reaction, that ripple effect. And you never, you never do know what's going to resonate with people in such a way that it, it, turns out you impact you know 20 million people with one video and then that goes on exponentially so i think i think we need to take full advantage of this time i mean that's extremely important to recognize and appreciate this is where we are where we are right now and i think some people are are stuck in that fear mode and they're, they're afraid to put out some content they're afraid to have that conversation and say what they really feel or what they really mean. And I think that's, you know, a disservice to yourself and everyone else. So put it out there, you know. Yeah, Alan Watts. Yeah, Alan Watts said, this always comes up to my mind when anyone talks about this. I listened to him several years back and he said, anything that we're thinking about, you might think it's out there, it's abstract, it's weird, you know, whatever, that no one else is going to like it, no one else is going to think about it. But any any thought that comes from the into our mind, if we're having that thought, that means millions of other people are having that thought too. So right. we have to always remember that we're not alone. Especially this year, there's times where I felt alone. I'm sure other people have felt alone too, based on wherever we were. Uh, maybe we weren't able to move around as much as we wanted to or whatnot. But we have to remember that we're not alone, that we all are connected in this massive web of interconnectedness across this planet and across this universe. Uh, so even a thought can change the world. So if you aren't able to go out there and speak your mind, create content, you should do it. I encourage you to do it. 
but if you aren't quite able to do it yet, even, even your thoughts, even writing things down, even speaking to yourself in the mirror, it's going to have a vibratory effect on the planet. So no action is too small. So you mentioned epigenetics and that kind of, it makes me think of when it, just kind of following the rope on the problems, you know, looking at how could things be better. And I think most of the solutions are, are very simple. I mean, inherently it's the opposite of the problem, mm -hmm. but like, I think there is a deliberate, and I don't want to get too conspiratorial here, but I think there's a systematic approach to keeping us kind of boxed in, keeping us from tapping into that power. And one thing that really opened my eyes to epigenetics, I, I believe it was Bruce Lipton was talking about um, a, a controlled study in which they exposed mice to certain circumstances um, in a controlled lab setting. And then somehow mice that weren't in the study, totally different part of the world were also affected and their behavior began to change over time. So there was like a, you know, invisible connection between the control group and then literally just mice everywhere. So kind of that string theory approach to things that not only do we have the potential to change and adapt and, and evolve right now and activate certain parts of our DNA and whether that's like bringing out the strengths or experience of our ancestors. I don't know. I don't understand it. I'm not going to pretend to, but um, one thing I do understand is how much we don't understand yet yeah. and how much we aren't being taught about this. But I think there's a, a remote connection there within our genetic lineage as well. Like I think, I think so too. Invisible effect. Yeah. I think, occurs. I don't think there's any doubt about what you're saying. And it's been proven with studies now. We didn't know about it before, but now we have the science to back it up. In 1954, right. Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile barrier. In the in the months after that, several people did. They never even they never met Roger Bannister. They didn't talk to Roger Bannister. They don't even know who he was. But it's the consciousness shifted. They knew it was possible, and yep. that's that's that shift in perception, and. And maybe, maybe there's an energetic component to it as well that yeah. we just yeah. haven't got around to understanding. Yeah, and that. even if you don't, even if they didn't know, it would have. If even if the people didn't know that he broke it, I guarantee you someone would have broke it without knowing that he broke it because it was in the ether. Yep, yep. <laughs> I'm a firm believer. I was thinking I wrote something down the other day, and I'm I'm not gonna get it quite right, but. I was just thinking about these things and how it seems like we we're always seeking to understand everything from a technical perspective. And in doing so, we oftentimes miss the mark, you know, we, and I was, I was just thinking to myself again, I'm not going to get it perfectly right, but I wrote it down somewhere. So, um, you know, the man who seeks to understand the waves ends up at the bottom of the ocean but the man who understands the waves watches from the shore, something like that. So it's like, if you would just sit back, you could, you could learn so much more than you realize from that 
just from that neutral position than to go and try and measure and calculate and prove and you know for what for who it's going to change the data is going to change next year and the next year and you know it's like that's great it's great to have a like a scientific fundamental understanding for certain things but it's also great to have that higher level intuitive understanding and i think oftentimes that's what what's missing and even when you look at science itself, like Peter North said, the only constant of science is that it's constantly changing. And I would, I would even take that further and say, how much do we actually even know? I mean, 1%, yeah. 10%, like, what do we even know? I don't think we even understand everything, how, how everything even works. We have a, if you look at it from a broad perspective, we have a very good understanding. Do we understand everything? I don't, probably not. I don't think so. No. And I don't think we're meant to. I think we'll go psychotic if we try to figure everything out. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the point is like, <laughs> we don't have to know everything. Like, stop trying to know everything. It's always going to be changing anyway. Like, Earth could get obliterated tomorrow. I hope not. But I'm just saying, uh, you know, major stream of asteroids comes through and just obliterates Earth. Okay, then what? We wasted all this time trying to cultivate a trivial understanding <laughs> for the sake of instead of actually doing and being and, and getting somewhere. So yeah. I think a lot of people live their life the same way and they, they never actually tap into their being and live. And that just saying this reminds me of the name of your podcast again, back to being like we need to get back to being. That's yeah. it. And when we do that, the rest will come. Like the understanding will come, the progress will come. But yeah, I can't yeah. be you and you can't be me. So just simply be. <laughs> I like that. Well, um, man, we've covered a lot. I think you answered a lot of my questions in the <laughs> inherently in the conversation. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Any key points for the audience to take away from this conversation? I think I've really uh, shared all of it. But I mean, there's, I mean, you know, we can talk for hours, I'm sure. Yeah. But I, I would just, as a closing, I think I mentioned a little bit before, but just to remind everyone that, I mean, you know, life is life is a gift. It's it's a it's a gift. So treat treat each treat each moment uh, as as it were as a gift, and recognize that the dramas at play are not a may not be a significant as we make them out to be find 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 a way if you don't know where to go you know uh reach out to me reach out to eric there's many people like us there's there's something waiting for you and and just go after it and this time that we're in right now is it's unbelievable you know i've already touched on it but just just keep the faith keep going forward Trust in yourself. Have have trust in life. And know that when it's all said and done, and you look back in 80 years' time, that your grandchildren and great grandchildren will say that you left a legacy. You did some. You left a mark in the world. And you know you can you you'll be able to you'll be able to look back and be be proud. So just enjoy it, man. 
what a what a if if you want me to tell you why we were here why we were here right now i don't know but we've got to make the most of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think that's it you know it's a process i don't fully understand it i don't need to understand everything to realize like this matters there's some there's some bigger um evolutionary process going on i think on a cosmic level spiritual level and everything's for a reason i mean i, I truly believe that um through and life hasn't been great all the time you know through the good yeah. times and the bad i think is when i've really cultivated that and yeah and in 10 I'm years glad. time we're going to look back at this and we're going to we're going to laugh at it at the world right now we're going to say what a what a incredible you know, th- how, how wonderful that time was and look what it's led to now yeah and it's, uh, all the all the negative quote unquote <laughs> negative it's just so silly to look back on if you look back on like the hysteria what people were afraid of in the 20s it's like what it's like a corny sci-fi movie when you look back you're like dude people actually wasted their time and energy, you know, stressing about this stuff. To us now, it's trivial, but I think, I think that's a good point. Like, when you look back, it's like looking back at elementary school or something when you thought something was a big deal. You just realize it wasn't even close. So, yeah. But there, and there's real stuff that happens too, and that's. I'm glad I chose to suffer through whatever temporary circumstance was may have been ruining my life at one point in time or I felt like it was it's gonna pass you know whoever's listening right now it's it's going to pass you'll be all right just got to stick through it and and just keep your head up yeah well Mr. Banderi Dr. Marwin thank you so much for being here um I really appreciate you taking the time to uh you know have this conversation and I think people will find a lot of value in it yeah, thank you, Eric. I really appreciate it. Have a good one. Yep. I'm going to read us out here. You guys know the mantra by now. Let's just get straight to it. <laughs> you have the power. You are the solution. Resist, defy, object. Take care of your world. <laughs>